This is Seattle Sports. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. KIRO AM Seattle. KIRO FM HD2 Tacoma. Home of the Seahawks, Mariners, and everything Seattle Sports. Get in freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. Brock Ewart is my hero. Jay Buter just punched me in the kidney. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. On Seattle Sports. We're going to do you a minute. It doesn't really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. It kind of does. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen and Ballard. Now here are your hosts, Brock Ewart and Mike Salk. Hello! Well, 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 well. Half, half that combination. Half that combination is in the house this morning. Brock Hewitt is here. Mike Salk is out. Going to enjoy some family time on this 4th of July, like I hope many of you are. Thank you to those tuned in right now this morning. Roll call. Mora. Mora's in the house. Mora's in the house. Justin's in the house. Justin. Justin's in the house. I'm in the house. How are you, Brock? I'm doing great. And I think we have a special guest this entire week. This entire week. Not just to answer the question jerk insider good morning matthew stretch johnson how are you i'm great actually i i'm really great I, i'm excited this is going to be fun i've had a great weekend i hauled some wood i chopped some wood yesterday i feel good um and, and, <laughs> and you're the toilet man and, and, and looking behind the glass i'm really relaxed right now I, good. i'm fine Good. I, I've got, I was doing really well until Justin sent his book of notes last night, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is a little different than what I produced. This is so far over my head. So Yeah, for those, of you, for those of you that may know Matt Stretch Johnson as our answer to the question jerk insider, he's much more than that. He wasn't just the voice of the Sounders. He didn't just work for the Seahawks for, was that a dozen years? 11 stretchy? seasons, yeah. Yeah, 11 seasons. That's a dozen in my book. Yeah. Uh, before that, he was a he was in this business. He was in the old radio, sports radio business, the morning show business, right, for quite some time. Yeah, yeah. check out the bald spot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's why the lack of hair. Uh, I, I really lead the league right now. But, yeah, it was wonderful. It's exhilarating. I, I did uh, the morning show for – I don't know, three, four years. I was, uh, what do you say, across the street? What do you with? Yeah, there you company? go. Sure. Yep. Uh-huh. Anyways, uh, obviously where I was for 10 years, and it's it's incredible. Live radio is, there's nothing like it. It's exhilarating and and amazing move to the Seahawks and another amazing amazing move uh, doing five years of Sounders play-by-play. So been out of the business for a couple years, and it just stays with you. So when you asked and, oh, no, not you. Me. Uh, someone above you asked. It was like, yeah, no-brainer. Yeah, let's do this. Let's rock it. Let's rock yeah. it this and, week. And it's going to be exciting. The rating spike uh-huh. uh, with Mike gone. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm excited to show, you know. Sure, we, we what can you entertain. can do. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's all about the ratings. It's all about the bottom line. And you know, and I know Friday night, you were filling in or coming in this entire week. And on Friday night, you and I and Justin and more, I think this was chapter seven of Justin's book you wrote to us last night, uh, which I I totally agreed with. Friday night, the final day of June, players only meeting, right? Country roads. I thought it was going to bring them together. It didn't. Uh, But then the players only meeting on Friday and we heard about that and they come out and they knock this stud star McClanahan out of the game early, put four runs on him. Bryce Miller's looking sharp, thinking, wow, here we go. Here we go. It's going to turn. And then Bryce's blister pops. There's blood on the scene. Uh, He stays in maybe a batter too long. I understand why, because it was the first of now 10 in a row, murderer's row against Tampa uh, San Francisco for three tonight. They end with four in Houston. So Scott's trying to squeeze every drop of blood he can out of them and get as much out of them. But unfortunately, a home run. The bullpen gives it up. 
it's and fifteen then... to it's fifteen to four. <laughs> it's the loudest cascade of booze we've heard in some time. Justin Barnes leaves the building as I sat on my couch, and I'm sure you did too. Going, uh oh, uh oh, this is fifteen four. This is Booville. Players only meeting doesn't work, and this is going to be brutal. Are, am I sure I'm going to come in on Monday morning? Yeah, I with called Justin Kyle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I called Kyle and I said I'm, I'm feeling a little tightness in my chest. I think it's the start of a flu a flu bug, and I, I don't think it's going to work out. But it did turn around. It was amazing that that Friday was the the. I just felt in the second inning that those those couple runs that were left out on the on the bag, you know, the, yep. the two runs on second and third with one out, I thought that just was a bad feeling. And I was like, four is not enough. And it was also Tampa. Here's here's we can gauge, we can measure ourselves against yep. Tampa and and that's what it just felt like, oh my goodness. Ooh. But then only as baseball can do, man. It can put you in the sourest of moods one day and then you get the next day and you don't have to wait a week. You don't have to, to to wait. You just wake up that next day, and boom, here comes George Kirby. And we'll get to George Kirby and need to know. I think he was absolutely robbed, but we'll get to that. Here comes George Kirby. He spins once again an absolute gem. Uh, just really one pitch away. Gives up the no-hitter in, what, the sixth inning, I believe, Saturday. They've got a lead, 3-0, 4-0. He gives up the no-hitter, gives up the home run, but he battles back. The team adds on. And man, what a great win Saturday night! What what a what an awesome awesome way to bounce back. Kind of something about him, right? I mean, it shows that hey, I want the ball, or I'm going to get the ball, and here's I'm going to put a stamp on this when yep. you need it most. I mean, you needed that game. You needed that game because it had to turn the tide. You didn't need another national series. I mean, nope. that was everybody's talking about it. I used the word embarrassing in our notes. I mean, all the players were using the word embarrassing, and not to take a shot at the Nationals, but it was embarrassing. And if it goes 0-2 to Tampa and you're looking at the series coming up, San Francisco's yep. playing decent ball, a little stumble lately. but And then Houston, Kirby did what he had to do. He did. And there was 36,000 people, and it was a sun-drenched day, and the stadium was warm, and it was great. And, okay, here we go. We bounce back. Now it's all about Sunday. It's all about yesterday. It's all about the rubber match where you've not played well. You've not played well. It's all about winning a series, which you've not done well in your own home park. 12, 15, and 2 in series coming into yesterday. I believe 4 and 9 in rubber matches like that where you're trying to win a series. And then you fall down 6 to 1. I think you texted me. You know, I texted you a lot yesterday. I apologize. That, that's right there. Stop. That's all I was looking for. I was just looking for the apology because I was trying to play interested early. No, you did. excuse me. I was interested early, and yeah, then and I then tried to play interested it was later. Too much. And I was yeah. like, I'm just. I'm I just thought for team bonding, I'll pull back the the curtain because that's what I do. <laughs> I, you know, Titus had a baseball tournament, his penultimate tournament. That's a sulk word, second to last of the baseball season. They played <laughs> two on Saturday. And then Sunday, we wake up. It was just him and I, boys weekend. Um, it was up north. And yeah, they wake up Sunday. And I find out we've got to play, if we win this tournament, four. Four. Yeah. Nine o'clock, 11 o'clock, one o'clock, three o'clock. Like, what? How do you, that's not even good for anybody to play four games in a row. And so I'm texting Stretch, think it's kind of team bonding. And then I'm realizing this is too much. I'm texting him way too much about all of these games. They eventually lose the third one, but um, that's neither here nor there. Well, you reminded me of my horse racing gambler f- friends who are winning and they're just texting the heck out yeah, of you and winning. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the text kind of slowed yeah, up, yeah, eased yeah, up, yeah. and then went yeah. away. So I figured well, they didn't win it. Much all. like the Mariners, we fell down 6 nothing. You know, we they were 6-1, we were that's 6 right. nothing. I'm watching the Mariners. I'm watching my son's team play. And, you know, we started to take, how do you eat an elephant? 
one bite at a time, and we started to win innings, and we started to come back into that game just as the Mariners did yesterday. Stretch, that was their first win. This was in Chapter 11 of Justin's book last night. This was their first win. This was their first win coming back from five in over in just about a year. It was last July against Houston. And that doesn't surprise you. That feels right. You know, that feels right. This that it's been, been a year? A, yes. Yeah, there hasn't been the comebacks. There hasn't been. And it felt, well, it felt like for me on the couch in a great 80-degree weather, it was a playoff game. You had to have that game. You're only 40 and 42, but you had to have that game. You did. You had to have that game to move forward. And then we could talk about maybe the team meeting because you didn't win last year after a team meeting that first game. And, mm-hmm. and you have to get a little bit of momentum for this week coming up, but not only the week coming up, the months coming up. There's so yep. much baseball left, and I just thought, you know, Seawald came in and did his job, and it, it was just you had to have those ladies. Yeah. But to your point, you start tacking on, and they haven't been tacking on, and that's what felt so good. Felt so good, and to see the bullpen come out and put up zeros and find a way to hold on and Seawald back to back days of incredible effectiveness. Yeah, and you win that series, and you win that rubber match, and you find yourself still with a little bit of hope as you head down to the Bay Area and ultimately Houston in the next seven days, Stretchy. Good week for you to be in. Next seven days will be pretty defining before the All-Star break. Well, there you go. One segment down, eight to go. Eight? eh, Maybe nine, ten, I don't know, something like that. Okay. Yeah, but the next next one's really fun. Next one's everything you need to know from the weekend that was, from the All-Star game, from the hockey moves, and in 20 minutes – a rite of passage. Titus and I, last night, bring me back to my Puyallup roots. A rite of passage. I'll tell you all about it. It's the Rock and Salk Show. Stretchy sitting in for Salk. You're listening to it on the Seattle Sports Station on the 710, on 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Here's what you need to know. What you already know. The Mariners just needed July. They needed to flush away April and May and June, and June went flushing really hard. <laughs> really, really hard. Kind of like our toilets in our home last night when Titus and I came home from our little boys' weekend, and Molly had decided to put that, like, blue chemical in all the toilets to bleach them, I guess. Kind of, you know, you, you just bleach them, and Titus, very concerned. Well, how am I supposed to go to the bathroom? You know, I got this blue chemical stuff in here. Don't worry about it. Just flush it. <laughs> but then it's still blue. Don't worry about it. July is coming. And when July comes, the Mariners are going to win. Oh, that's cute. Just, just as they did a year ago, because that's exactly what happened. The Mariners won. The Mariners take advantage of an excellent, once again, quality start from George Kirby. I think that's now his 13th of the season, second in all of baseball. A no-hitter into the sixth inning. He is brilliant. They do enough. They add on late. They find a way to win. And then, Stretchy, it all comes down. And Matt Stretch Johnson in for Salk this morning. It all comes down to yesterday. Is this going to be different? Or is this just going to be more of the same? Are you going to get to this rubber match, game three of a series, and not find a way to win? Are you going to lose a one-run game late? Are you going to lose to a better team as you've done all season, at least through April and May and June? And the Mariners, with that trident, stuck it in the ground. And Tom Murphy, in particular, said no. Not on this day. We're going to come back from five down for the first time in nearly 12 months, win that series, two games under 500, and more importantly, 2-0 in the month of July. Got that? Yeah, yeah. See, I'm no, looking you add at, on. No, 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 you no. add on. Yeah, thank you very much. Sorry, I'm looking at him. No, no, it's beautiful. <laughs> that was so beautiful. I thought Mora was either going to play new music okay. or he or, or some sound I was from Tom sure Murphy. You didn't have anything to add. No, I yeah. do have a lot to add. <laughs> 
the, the problem here, Brock, is it's a 500 baseball team, so you don't know what's coming up next. No. That's where the angst, that's where the anxiety comes from. It's just, it's 500. You're, you're just sitting here like, okay, can we move forward, or is that just the teaser? 500 baseball is the biggest tease in sports because you don't know what's coming next, and that's what I think that's one of the frustrations with Mariner fans. It's make a decision. What are you? Are you yesterday's comeback team? Are you yesterday's bullpen? Are you yesterday, despite Castillo giving up a few few more runs, you got you got the innings. You then you move forward. It was a complete game. Now what do you do? That's that's the angst that I have. Well, now you go to San Francisco for three, Houston for four, and we'll learn a whole lot more over the next seven. Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, we are a week away from the All-Star Game. Many festivities heading uh, Seattle over the weekend, this upcoming weekend, and then the Home Run Derby and the All-Star Game. I guess we're eight days away. The Home Run Derby is exactly seven days away. And which Mariner will be taking part in the Midsummer Classic? Is it George Kirby? (laughs) It's not George Kirby. If it was my vote, it would be George Kirby. It's not. Instead, it's Luis Castillo for the third time an All-Star in 2019 with the Reds. Last year before the Mariners traded for him and good for Luis Castillo. Scott's service and cut number three. Talking about uh, all the old rock making the All-Star team. It's his third All-Star appearance uh, making the team. Um, you know, we challenged him uh, in spring training. Uh, I think our pitching coaches do a good job. Of like, hey, where do you want your career to go? And um, he's got some very lofty goals, and to do that, you got to take the ball, you got to stay healthy, super competitive, and he has been the rock for us. So I'm excited for him. Uh, it's well deserved. It is well deserved, and in, uh, I don't take anything away from him. But in cut number four, and I think you even hear that in Scott's tone, or maybe I'm reading into it, maybe I'm projecting because I think George Kirby should have been an All Star as well. Here's Service talking about uh, whether or not George Kirby should have been an All Star alongside his buddy Luis Castillo. Yeah, I do think we have a, a, a couple pitchers that are very worthy of it. I think George's had an outstanding first half. I think Paul Sewald's had a great first half. Um, and, I, and, again, I said to the team, there are things that happened here over the last week. Some guys won't pull out, and hopefully we'll get a couple more players in there because um, those two guys, in my mind, are very deserving. Yeah. And, and, you're, and you're right, Stretchy. I'm sorry. You're right. This is a 500 team. or It's not even a 500 team. They're 40 and 42. And when they were voting and, and throughout the week and everything else, they're even under that. And when you – are that kind of team, I don't think you get the benefit of the doubt from some of your peers. No, no, you don't get multiple players when you're under 500. Castillo, obviously, it's easy to see the lack of run support. If he gets some run support, that win column, which is so important, is just, it flies up the hill, but I'm watching MLB Network last night, and they're still talking if if the Mariners get healthy, stay healthy, and they can make a continuous run. This is a really talented, talented roster. So if there's some defections, yes, I think Seawald's very much worthy. I I agree with you on the Kirby thing. But Castillo, he is a stud. He is your number one. I almost think it was like a safe bet. You know? Yeah, you think it's because he's known, because he's made it before, and he's a bit known. And then obviously last year he was nails in big moments. Oh, he's nasty. He's absolutely absolutely nasty i mean he's 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 all-star talent and so i think you're circling names on a uh, on a team that's not where they're sh- where they should be and so you're not going to embarrass yourself putting him on the roster i mean he is a stud he is your number one guy and he is a horse and, and they probably were blown away what is his expectations he probably said not only do i want to win it all i want to win multiple cy youngs and he works behind the scenes you know that 
So, yeah, it's a safe bet. I, Kirby's a great one. I mean, if a couple guys don't come, it'd be great to add. And and I would think they would because it's a hometown. You know, you're in Seattle, so add a few more jerseys. Here's the third thing you need to know. Well, the NHL free agents frenzy got, got going and some significant money spent and uh, a few cracking. And we saw the writing on the wall when they did not tender Kind of like the NFL when the, with these restricted free agents. You can t- contender and control their rights and, and extend them. And the, and the Kraken did not to a multitude of players. Some of them moved on. Actually, most of them moved on right away. Instead, they go a different route. And they add a couple uh, of fellas, a big boy. I kind of like this one from Pittsburgh. i got to be honest with you. Um, I, I, it's, a, it's a French name. Makes me a little nervous. Brian Dumoulin. Demoulion? I just can't. You, you know, why do you like it? I mean, because he's 6'4", 207, yeah. he's 31, and he's won two Stanley Cups. Yeah, I like that. That's what I like. I like size, and I like winners. Size and winners. Write that down, Stretchy. That's what I like. Hang on one second. I'll get the pen. I, I looked at immediately Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, grab them. Grab anyone from these traditional powerhouse teams. I've been I've been a hockey fan all my life. I've been I'm a Flyer fan until this Kraken playoff. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah, for about 40, 45 years. We're, we're terrible. Um, so I, I can't stand when people say it's a new hockey town. There's a lot of people that love hockey, but this is, for a lot of people, the education part of this offseason. These, you know, losing geeky kind of stinks because he was just this work hard, this a guy you really cheered for. But this is Ron Francis. This yep. is who Todd Lywicki paid. He paid Ron Francis to make the tough decisions and start the turnover and this and this group of a young core that's going to take you to the next level. I, I hate to say it. Seattle didn't win anything last year. It was a great run. It was an exciting run. If you went to Climate Pledge, it was amazing. But look how far you still have to go to get to the next round, the next round, and look mm. what Vegas did. And, and so this is Ron Francis at work. It's exciting. It is exciting. And uh, Ricky Fowler also very, very exciting. That's everything you need to know. Ricky Fowler... Coming back in, winning a tournament, the Rocket Mortgage Tournament up in Detroit. First time in a long time. I'll get to that maybe a little bit later in the show as well. Stretch, good to have you. It, it's good for good, good to have you in the building. Filling in for Salk all week long. We're all, all off week. tomorrow. Yeah, well, this was kind of, this is the probation day. Uh-huh. And then there's an off day tomorrow. So I, I'll right. get a call Tuesday night if I'm coming in later this week. So okay, we'll good. just see how this goes. Yeah. Right now, decent. I don't want to say much more than that. It sounds right. egotistical. Right now, smooth. But I'll get the call probably Tuesday at noon. Okay, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do Blue 88. Okay, that's where you get to fire three football questions. I've heard the show. I've heard the show. In about 20 minutes. (laughs) Right. Uh, But before that, last night, a big night in the Hewitt home. It was a rite of passage. You know, it was was a father, son. Molly was there. She was on her phone most of the time. But it was a rite of passage (laughs) in the Hewitt home that brought me back to my Puyallup roots. And you do not want to miss it. And you also don't want to miss the five stages of this Mariner season in the July they desperately needed. We'll get to all of that next. Matt Stretch Johnson in for Salk. It's the Brock and Salk Show. You're listening to it on on 710. uh, No, on Seattle Sports on 710. I know. I got to put my readers on. And the Seattle Sports Sports app. We got your back. <laughs> You're listening to Brock and Salt. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. You're listening to Brock and Stretch on Seattle Sports Station on 710 and the Seattle Sports app. I'm going to get that right. There you go. A little smoother. What is that? 30, yeah, 30 yeah. minutes in. Third time is a charm. Blue mm-hmm. 88 in 15 minutes. Some football questions. Right of passage last night. Ride a passage in the Heward home. And let me just say this first and foremost. 
pray for my wife. She's, she's going through a tough time. She's outnumbered now, right? The girls are both up in Missoula. <laughs> They're at school training. And it's just Titus and me and Molly. And I'm realizing as we're driving around and eating dinner, Molly <laughs> looks like that kind of wounded dog. Like, where's my buddies? Mm. Where's, where's the estrogen? How old is Titus now? Ah, he's in the thick of puberty. He's thirteen. His voice, oh, really. it's, yeah, yeah. Titus, what's do you do? You have a sore throat? No. Why do I have a sore throat? <laughs> so he's he is just in the thick of absolute hormonal puberty. So yeah, and then Molly's got me, and so she's. It's just it's it's tough for Molly. But that's not the rite of passage. Here was the rite of passage. It was a hot day. Played six baseball games in 30 hours. It was really warm. And they got these towels that they uh, that the team mom gives uh, Titus and his teammates. Awesome. They put them in, in, the, in the cooler with ice. And um, they're kind of like the... Oh, the thing you dry your car off with. Um, chamois? Kind of, yeah, yeah, chamois. Kind of like a chamois, right? And they put them in the cooler, and then the kids will wrap them around their neck. And Titus had one tied around his head. And this is when you can hit the theme music, Justin. He had one tied around his head, and uh, I was like, "Bro, you are you going Rambo mode right now? You you're going Rambo." And at this time, the team was down, right? And I kind of walked by the the dugout, and and I saw Rambo, and I thought it was a really good sign. And he looked at me like, "What's Rambo?" I said, what's to myself? I said, what's Rambo? My goodness, have I failed my son. All right, so you can turn it down now, Justin. Thank you. So the whole drive home, I'm like, man, how much have I failed my son, my Titus, that at 13, he doesn't even know Rambo. First blood. So you know what we did last night when we got home? We didn't get to play in the championship. We lost that semifinal, unlike the Mariners. We didn't come all the way back and win it. And we got it to 6-5 and then fell apart in the final I'm inning. I'm glad you included that part there. Yeah. We got home and I said, buddy, you ready to watch it? You, you ready to watch some Rambo? And uh, I said, it's, you know, and now he's watched all the Rocky. He's, he's watched all three Creed movies, so he knows Sylvester Stallone. And then, then I texted the picture to you and Maura and Justin, just the, <laughs> the opening graphic of First Blood. <laughs> which was very 80s, the, the production yes, and cinematography, very 80s. Hadn't watched in a long time and kind of wondered about some of the words that may be used. And it was rated R for a reason because there was just, just a lot of swearing. But uh, yeah. And violence. For, and, violence. <laughs> and violence. Yeah. If, when was the last time you watched Rambo First Blood? Oh, uh, when did it come out? Uh, when did it come out? I looked it up last night, 1982. <laughs> My answer is 1982, Brock. <laughs> I watched it once. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Goes and, you know, kills and No, 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 no. It oh, still no? plays. No. Oh, no? No, it still plays. Did it, did it break my heart a little bit that Maura didn't know First Blood? It did a little bit. And then, well. well once I looked it up, I was like, oh, Rambo. I've heard of that. I didn't. You have heard of Rambo. Okay. First Blood is. And by the way, Mariners fans, I will get to the rites of passage for the Mariners as well in this season. There is going to be a little turn here that comes with it. But I, I'll just say this. I hadn't seen it in a long time. Actually, you know the last time I saw it? 2001 on a plane trip with the Colts because the players got to vote on what movie to watch on the way home. And that, <laughs> that tells you a little bit about that team. 
It was, it was Rambo yeah. first blood. Yeah. Peyton in the old line, I think that day got to pick what what it was. So I, I think I saw it in you know in the early eighties. Were you coming 01. home from a win or a loss? I kept yeah, coming home from out. a win. No, yeah, coming okay. home from a good win, and yeah. it was you it was pretty to pick when you lose. It was pretty good then. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, it was pretty good last it's night. It's held. It, 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 yes. Really? Yes. Okay. And he didn't kill a bunch of people in that one. No, he was just, he was an estranged drifter. It wasn't his fault. Yes. Coming back as a green beret, right? Sure. And and he and it's filmed up in Hope. It's actually British Columbia, but it looks like Washington it's State. It's supposed and to be Washington. It was supposed to be Washington. And he gets a raw deal, and they treated him terribly, terribly. So, no, he didn't just kill everybody. He one, one, and one anyhow, I don't want to ruin the movie. Oh, I'm for thinking those of the next have, one. I, yeah, oh, I, the, oh, excuse the, me. Oh yeah. no, the next one. And did we watch Rambo two last night? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we did. You did? Yes. Did you just say you don't want to spoil the movie? Yes. Forty one years. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. But Rambo two, yeah, he had to take care of business, and three and four even more so. So we'll, we may get to those uh, a little bit later. But a big rite of passage for Rambo last night in the Heward home. Well, people Can are we dying. Get Titus's to- review. Yes, thank yeah. you, more. The people are dying to know what Titus think. Like he, he you guys liked watch- it. Oh, did he? He, okay. he liked it, and I had to tell him, you know, Uncle Damon and Uncle Luke and, and I, like this was big to us. You know, before the, the fair came down and bulldozed all the woods to build their parking lots behind our house, we played Rambo. We put the war paint on, right? We climbed trees. I tried to build a zip line. Didn't work out great. You know, I did get a real big cut on my leg falling out of a tree one time with stitches. But you know what? We played, and we did a lot of Rambo. So it brought me back to my youth, and good good to know that 40-some years later, even with the 13-year-old in this day and age, it held his attention, and he was in. To the point, he's like, well, we got to watch Rambo, too. And I think he liked Rambo, too, even more than Rambo uh, First Blood, the original. So, and by 9 go. o'clock, how's Molly? Yeah, how uh, was Molly by nine o'clock? Uh, she moved she was out. out. Yeah, yeah, she, she didn't she even moved. make it through Rambo no. two. No, she went. She she went to bed before Rambo yeah, two. Even that's what finished. I figured. So uh, she's yeah. a smart one. Well, that was a uh, that was a turn and a rite of passage for the Hewitt home. And uh, I'll make an awkward segue because that's what I do when um, I'm I'm running the show and, and Salk is out and I don't just get to run around in it. But last night uh, and over the weekend stretch, I think they kind of hit their limit. They being the Mariners. As I look back on April, May, and June, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, and more in Justin, you can add in as well. But the first little, first little hiccup in the season, it was Scott Service and the clubhouse communicating together. Kind of one of those closed doors, and hey, we're going to hash it out. And I believe this was April, and, and, and underperformance, especially offensively, was ongoing. That was the first one. And then we had a, a, a second little stumble, bumble, or the second little turn, and that's where Scott Service spoke. And Scott Service only spoke and he kind of referenced that that there was just one voice and then they came home from another disappointing road trip and we had heard that it was the some of the leaders on the team some of the older guard and some of the offensive players that really spoke and spoke and took accountability of their failures so follow along on this rambo path that's one that's two that's three through april and now into may and then just uh, i don't know about a week and a half ago we have scott service calling his team selfless after a good win, after we saw some of the bats come alive in a collective effort, which immediately piqued the interest of Salk and Shannon and Jeff Passan and just about every voice we had on. Well, if he's pointing to them being selfless, then he's really pointing out some of the selfishness that was all over this team, like a bad aroma through the month of May and into June. And then we finally, to me, get to our fifth and final. 
like the fifth and final, you go through all of that rigmarole, and then the fifth and final one is what we got the other day. And Ty France spoke about this, and this was on Friday. Here was Ty France speaking to that players-only meeting, which is about the last little path you can take. Here's Ty. Yeah, I think it was just a chance for the group to get together and um, kind of share their thoughts and feelings, emotions. Um, you know, it's been it's been a tough uh, tough go so far. So um, it was just an opportunity for whoever wanted to speak to speak. And um, you know, after I think you know we had a, a good idea of where we want to go and you know, how we want to handle things, and um, you know, it, it ended up paying off. Yeah, not necessarily. Friday. Friday didn't necessarily pay off, but it certainly did Saturday, Sunday. I guess, Stretchy, the only thing left is for service to go straight Rambo, right? Is is to go scorched earth and throw his desk, and he's not going to do that because that's not in his nature. And then Jerry and, and Justin decide, right? Like, you, you've done all this path. We're 82 games. We just passed the halfway mark yesterday in a brilliant come-from-behind win. They're best in a year. But they're just about exhausted everything you can do behind the scenes. That, that's exactly right. They, they're running out of time of whether they buy or sell. What do we do with 2023? I find Francis' comments very interesting that he's saying, you know, and it worked out well for us. So that means there was air to be cleared. Mm. There had to be a conversation. There, If it worked out well for you, it has nothing to do with really that product on the field within those couple-day window. It had to do with... Guys needed to say some things. Guys needed to be heard. Someone needed to step up and say, you know what? Dot, dot, dot. I think that those comments right there Mm -hmm. saying it's successful, which is great. It's communicating, right? Every relationship. And you've got a big group of men that want to win and they're frustrated and they're playing below everybody's standards. They had to air some things out. And so if he says that. And maybe that was the that you're going to reap the rewards there. You're going to be relaxed and get those five six runs back. But I find it interesting that they mm-hmm. had to, that he said it would it worked out well for them. Well, it uh, the proof is going to be ultimately in the pudding over the next seven days, right? Because we thought country roads was kind of fun. We thought you know maybe the selflessness was kind of fun. We thought hey maybe some of the messaging of hitting the ball up the middle was kind of fun. And as you said, and, and need to know this has just been a five hundred team that has given you some of those days of, ooh, yeah, the longest win streak of the year, four games. It's given you the other side where they've cut off the damage, the longest losing streak, four games. And by the way, on Saturday, they could have matched that, but they didn't put that trident in the ground and said, nope. And then yesterday, well, did something they hadn't done since the previous July. And that's come back from from five runs down you know, when Luis stumbles and gives up some early home runs and, oh, boy, here we go again. And they just put that trident in the ground and said, nope, here we go again, not today, at least not in this series against a good team. We're going to win it. And uh, let, let's hope that gives them a little bit of juice heading to the Bay tonight. Yeah, I, I'm just so curious of when they sit and relax. I mean, have when do they get to – does it does it really take five in a row? Does it take winning four series in a row? When do you sit and relax? I don't ever see – Sit and relax? What do you mean? Well, I don't see – a relax. Everyone's so tense. I, you know, that's what I think. Mm. There's something to be said, and I wanted to ask you about team meetings, whether they work. And Ty France mm. says, yes, it works. When do they sit and just rely on each other? Scott Service said it perfectly after the game. Just do your job. 
So that tells me that people are trying to do too much. I'm doing this job. I'm doing one and a half. I'm doing one and three quarters. Or I feel that I'm doing one and three quarters, and it's making me tight, and it's making me not produce. And so that guy's not producing. That means that guy's trying to do too much. Just do your job. Stay in your box. Stay in your box. I'm trying to think of team meetings that I've been involved in. I did not have a lot of those in my lifetime. We did my senior year of college, and it was terrible. Uh, it, 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 I'm not going to say it had the inverse effect, but it was so awkwardly uncomfortable because it was a fairly divided team, offense and defense, which unfortunately trickled down from the very top where we had a defensive-minded head coach, a pretty strong offensive-minded coordinator, and it just was not like the healthiest dynamic behind the scenes, and you knew that, and it trickled into the team, which unfortunately affected it. So when we tried to air grievances, like, oh, this is not going great. You know, (laughs) is football too big a group? Is it too short a season? Even though you're with each other every minute, and especially in pro ball, you're you're with each other at the college. It's too big a group. College is a hundred and some guys. You know, and it's yeah. College was was way too big a group. Yet to the NFL, you know, I I think maybe offensive. When I was in Indy, I I think at one point Peyton and Tom and the coordinator there, Tom Moore. I think we had like a a pretty good clearinghouse of the offensive side of the ball of people had Jeff Saturday, a very vocal, great leader, a lot like Robbie Tobeck. So I do remember that being a positive, but I would think stretch man baseball is <laughs> there's a reason he's not called a coach. He's called a manager because <laughs> he's managing so much stuff. He's managing his staff. He's managing above. He's managing below. He's managing his players. And these guys are together day after day after day. In the NFL, man, you leave the facility, you, you get a little time. You're not playing a game every night. Yeah. Tuesday, you get an off day. You know, you get your time away. Not, not in this sport. This sport, man, you are in it 162 games in like 180 days. And so I think, yeah, some of these meetings, but this is it. Right, I I don't know what you do as a players group after you've called this players only meeting. Uh, oh no, you're at the mid season. You're this this is it. I mean, you are now you are going to play ball. You say the seven games. I think it's it's another three weeks, maybe up until the trade deadline. Then the front office makes a decision. But you also have. You have a group that you're living with. You have the moody guy. You have the fun guy. You have the always crabby guy. You have <laughs> you have guys that don't speak English. You have guys that yep. that that pretend to really you know no I don't want to say pretend to really care. That's not what I meant. You, because I believe everybody's in on this team. You you tell me someone who's not in on this team. Yeah. Um, but you have guys that you have guys with guaranteed contracts that are going to get that, paid all of their yeah, money regardless. You, you yep. have those trying to perform and trying to make their way. You have sophomores that are slumping. Yeah. I mean this this team. They got a lot of it. They got a lot of it going on. And I will say this. The calendar turned to July last year, and that's when this team found it. Right? It was the end of June. They found that 14-game winning streak, but it was really July. It was about this time heading into the All-Star game where they did not lose, where they really found their 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 group. And, and, and it forced Jerry at that point to say, we're buying, and we're going, and we're going to go all in, and we're going to give some amazing assets up to go get this Luis Castillo guy who turned out to be an incredible investment in that second half of the season. And much the same way, this group, after this players only meeting, these next seven games, the, the week that follows that after the All-Star game, they're going to force Jerry and Justin's hand again. Are we going to buy or are we going to sell? And it will be their play on the field that will determine that. But, but I don't want 14 in a row. I don't want 10 in a row. And I don't think this team, this team isn't capable of 10, 12 in a row. They aren't. I want eight of 10. I want six yep. of eight. I'd like to see yep. these prolonged periods of clean baseball, of no more 
ones and twos in the air column that that you're going and it doesn't need to be the prototypical the starter goes six and you go you know you you shut out the rest away with the bullpen i just yep. like to see clean baseball and you win two or three and two or three and three and four and okay you lose a couple i yep. just like to see some series under your belt because hey, again that you have man. san francisco houston but you also have a mediocre minnesota coming up and a and a poor detroit beat the teams you're supposed to beat and, and and I think that's what Friday was so de- depressing because here's Tampa, the best team in ball, and they just they squashed you. And you're like, oh, that's where we rate. That's where we are on the hierarchy of baseball. But no, I just like to see, you know. Okay, okay, I, I got you. I I'm know getting what you fired up see. now, Brock. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, you know what I want to see. Fill in. I'm trying to be. <laughs> you know what I want to see? I want to see Blue eighty eight because that's what we do right now. This is Brock and Sox Blue 88. Blue 88! Blue 88! We take you to the field as Brock Heward breaks down three football questions as only he can. Now here's your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. All right, Stretchy. Take Matt Hasselbeck didn't even make my list for later, just to, just to tell you. He didn't even... Unranked? Didn't even uh, what? Didn't even make honorable Goodness. mention. Whoa! What? Yeah, no. Oh, oh my! Already gosh. had a rough week. Yeah. All right. <laughs> now nine forty-five is ranked. Seven forty-five is blue eighty-eight. Why does Lewis Riddick see the Seahawks in a higher class than most, Brock? Ooh, good that question. Divi- that division's wide open. It's right there for them to take this year. It's right there for them to take this mm-hmm. year, and then go on and really get on a run. The, I, the team was a year ahead last year, and I thought last year they were a, a playoff caliber wild card type of team. When I saw them in the preseason, went out there for training camp, and people said, you need to find a new job because analyzing football isn't the, isn't the job for you. There's no way Seattle's going to be that good. They'll be a top-five drafting team. This is their year. It's kind of like Kansas City. Last year wasn't supposed to be Kansas City's year either. That's a whole different subject. But Seattle is that team. It's well, that team this year that could surprise Everyone in the NFC, period. Wow. That is uh, Sweet Lou. Salk, a big fan. I'm a big fan of Riddick. He's come on the show a handful of times, and every time is juiced up. And that was with Rich Eisen. Why is Lewis Riddick such a bigger fan of the Seahawks than anybody else? I think it's two reasons. I think it's, number one, an appreciation for stability. An appreciation. He's an old-school guy. He played for Belichick back back in the day. He's been around this league for decades and decades and decades, and he knows what it takes, and he doesn't just buy into the new hot trend. right? He's got that old-school substance to him, and he respects, I think, the DNA of Pete Carroll and how he builds a football team, number one. Number two, because he wears a GM hat. He's interviewed for multiple GM jobs. He goes into that draft that he covers brilliantly as a general manager. He studies these prospects and knows them better than many of his analyst colleagues. And because of that, he knows Tariq Woolen and the upside that, and Ken Walker and the talent of these young players, probably ahead of schedule and more so than others. So I think an old school respect, I think a GM hat, and because of it, Sweet Lou, a lot higher on these Seahawks than most. Question two. Well, you said during the break that you were actually going to take it, but I'll do it again. Is if 
if Riddick is sold on the Hawks, why is yes. Monson, Sam Monson from PFF, not? Oh, I'm sorry. I said I would handle the sound. I'm sorry. You got to handle oh. all the questions. Oh, I no. see. Okay. That's a little miscommunication. No, it's no, just, we're going to get out. through this whole It's week. lingo. It's also okay? lingo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm already, already salty. What time no. is it? 7.50 and I'm already salty. <laughs> you haven't noticed. He's the moody guy. That's why he's sitting <laughs> close. Uh, you have no guy. idea. I just put on this face. Yeah. yeah. So if Riddick loves it because of the old school nature in the GM, while Pro Football Focus doesn't love it because they crunch the numbers. Here's Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus. I think for Seattle, making them and looking good, even you know, looking better than a year ago, is is probably the most optimistic scenario. I guess that probably, like you could throw an NFC Championship game appearance in there, but to me that's almost, I like it, that would be looking too much at the results rather than the sort of, the outcome, like the, the process, like, because they're not going to be better, I don't think, than the Eagles and the Niners, right? So to get to, they can still get to the title Spit game, it out. but that's kind of besides the point because the, the, the sort of the mark to clear is actually okay, being better good. than that's those good. two teams. Just not, I don't Stop. think, Thank a realistic you. outcome. That's Thank enough. you. Pot you it could... down, as Wyman used to say. Yep. Pot that down. Pot that down. God. <laughs> You can hear it, right? You can hear. You know why he's so hesitant? Because he he doesn't like Pete Carroll. He doesn't believe in Pete Carroll, and yet all Pete Carroll does is win. He's in the last ten years, he's third most in wins in the NFL. Belichick, Reed, and Pete, and they don't want to believe it because the expected play efficiency and the EPAs and all these other numbers that they look at it doesn't make sense to them. So he's he's stuttering, spattering, because he wants to say, "I don't believe in Pete," and I think last year was a fluke. Well, I don't believe in Geno. Just say it then. Well, then, comma, I also don't want to be wrong when they prove me wrong once again. That's right. That That's that's what I'm writing down the dates. I can't stand this period in the NFL schedule. It's just too much talky, talky, talky. Everyone's dying to get to training camp, and they're coming up with these opinions. I mean, Philadelphia, well, yes, but, but come on, Brock. I mean, just say it just then. Just say it. You just, don't respect the old school, and that's fine. Question number three. Just say it. Oh, question number three. Do we have more music? Thank you. Got all the music you need. <laughs> hey, Brock, Brock, what's the one positional group? This has been on my mind all weekend. What's the one positional group for the Hawks that has the most upside? That is a all lie. weekend. That's a lie. Yeah. That is a lie from the pit of HE double hockey sticks. Yeah. Don't you do that yeah. to our audience. Up in Shoreline, I was thinking, what's Brock thinking positionally? Which which group has the most upside? Yeah, that's that's what the I was offensive thinking. Line. The offensive line does. I think there's a, a. I think people respect Ken Walker, thousand yard season. Every running back in Pete's system does well. The most respected uh, around the league is going to be this receiving core. Defensive line's got some big, big time questions, but they got some vets and people you've signed. Linebacker core's got vets. Secondary's loaded. Tight end room is loaded. The one position group that has the most upside, if Abe Lucas and Charles Cross take a step. If you get one of these young draft picks to emerge, either at center or guard, to be a starter, like you did last year with so many of those rookies that emerge, the group that's got the most upside, and to some a big question, especially the pro football focus guys that have this group as a bottom third offensive line in the league, it is that it's that offensive line that's young, that's powerful, that's got an O-line coach in year number two who I thought did a fabulous job in his rookie season as a head O-line coach. I think that group's got a lot of upside. I know we got to go, but is that also an indictment or a little passive-aggressive way of saying they have so much to improve on? 
or not? It's, you have you have the outside. It's an experience. No, it's it's an experience. It's them being unbelievably young. It's those two offensive tackles doing something that we had not seen in decades, and that is start every single game as rookies and do it in the NFC West in one of the most difficult environments in all the NFL. That is Blue eighty eight. Good job, Stretch. Good job. Just coming along. Moore just keeps looking at me. I get so nervous. You know, she's looking like, mm-hmm, that's not how we really do it. So I'm not even looking at her anymore. I'm looking straight out into the other part of the studio. So I'm not in charge. No. <laughs> she can be I intimidated. Do, I do like how you asked before we went to air. What camera's mine? You know, like oh, you, stop no, it. no. You, stop. <laughs> I mean, the last time I looked like time, a truck ran over me this morning. What are you no, talking about? What hey, camera? Hey, what, hey, Justin, which camera is mine? Just so I know. Like, I, I'm gonna act like is it's my, not there. But yeah. what, which one's mine? Is my Twitter handle gonna be under my name? Or what, We're what gonna tell doing? you everything that happened around the weekend. Next stretches in for Salk. It's the Brock and Salk Show. You're listening to Seattle Sports Station on 710 and the Seattle Sports.